Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with San Diego University volleyball player Anna Jarowski. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate the time. I am super excited to be here and talk about my experience at San Diego and just share a little bit about my volleyball career and the school and just everything about it. Yes, absolutely. So your season ended back in 2022, uh, ended in late December. So it's been a few months. You got January and then a little bit of February. Give me an update about what the off-season schedule has been like for you. So we start school very late. We've been going for about three weeks. I know some schools like Northwestern, they started beginning of January and we ended up starting end of January, beginning of February. So, I mean, like we're in the midst of it. We're kind of like getting our schedules down, but doing individual work right now, we're in eight hour weeks has been super beneficial. I mean, today I got to work with the pins. So it's liberos and pins and then the setters and middles went together. Um, but, you know, lifting three days a week and then getting back into conditioning because we don't condition during the season has been good. And just like getting our bodies back moving and in shape has it's it's tiring, but it's a grind. And something we try to talk about is finding the joy and just embracing it. Does San Diego have a similar offseason schedule like every year so did you go through that same process when you finished in 2021 and uh and then also your uh, sophomore year yeah so last year it was about the same we did eight hour weeks the only thing i think is different is we start 20 hour weeks a week before our spring break and i think we started it after our spring break last year so we'll have one week of 20 hour weeks and then we'll go on spring break and we'll come back. And then that's when we'll start all of our, all of our like spring tournaments. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're looking forward to all the spring tournaments. Cause it's kind of hard when it's a grind like this, we really just have to stay in it. Right. You just mentioned, you know, trying to find that joy of, of going through the process of going through the off season workouts. What do you think you're, at least right now and just in the past, you know, how do you think you've been able to handle that that mental side of, of the off season and recovering? One thing I really like to do is drive to the beach. I mean, being in San Diego, it's pretty much nice year round. And I just sit there, look at the waves and just kind of like reset for the next day. And my schedule allows that because I finish class usually at five or three so I have that time to just go sit there, especially if it's a sunset. I love going to see the sunset. So just sitting there, maybe listening to a podcast, uh, just like reset. And I try to like differentiate and try to like remind myself like I'm more than a volleyball player. Just just resetting. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I can't relate about going to a beach and viewing the beautiful sun sunsets in Kansas uh, in the wintertime. In fact, this is something about me that I'll, I'm actually willing to share. I've never been the furthest West I've ever been in my life is Topeka, Kansas. Every place I've been to is either been the Southern part of the United States or East. So I would, I, I've never been to California. I never been to San Diego, the West coast of the United States. So I can only imagine it's, it's very beautiful. That was one of the, like the main reasons I chose to come here. As soon as I stepped on campus, I 
I knew it was where I wanted to go. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking a little bit more of, of the recent season, you know, San Diego made program history by taking it all the way to the national semifinals. Your team was fortunate to go 31-2, and went undefeated in conference play. So, you know, in your words, you know, recap the historic season, uh, especially for those who really weren't able to experience the journey like you did. Um, a big thing was team. Our One of our mantras was um, 18 strong, which is something you'll always hear our head coach talk about. There were 18 players on the team, and obviously only six people are on the court. And I'm usually not on the starting side. So, I mean, just finding everyone's role and everyone embracing that. Some people knew we were never going to see the court. Or if we did, like, we had to take that opportunity and run with it and make the most out of it. But we really built off the back of our seniors. Oh, we had six seniors, five fifth years. So they were the best leaders. Yeah, Gabby Blossom, Katie Lukes, Grace Froling. They were all All-Americans. So getting to play with people like that makes the gym so much more fun. And everyone's in it together. Everyone had the same goal in mind, which was huge for us. And I think our chemistry was unbeatable. We talked about out-teaming every, every other team, every other person, and just being the best at embracing each other and going up to each other, keeping everyone accountable. And, you know, we built off of our four pillars, which helped a lot. But, I mean, we really built off the back of our seniors. Would you say those those seniors and, and maybe upperclassmen, you know, especially when you were early in your like in your freshman and sophomore years at San Diego were were really instrumental in in pushing you and someone that you looked at as leaders? Oh, it most definitely. When I came in here, I was extremely nervous. I knew that I was coming into a very high program and anyone who's doing that is going to be nervous. And we all come in in the summer, which is great. So we just get time together. And I remember I met Katie Lukes in Target the first time I ever met her. And she told me that I stood behind the cart and looked like a scared puppy. So, um, but I, I've been super fortunate to build a great relationship with her and Annie specifically. Uh, they've treated me like their daughter, which is not something every other program does. Some girls may not try and take the freshman under their wing, but we really talk about onboarding the freshman when they get here. So Katie and Annie did a great job and Annie was my position. So it was really easy to like look up to her mm -hmm. and just learn a lot. Her mental state is unbeatable. She is like so mentally strong. And I think that freshman year is a mental battle. So having someone to rely on like that I could go to those two's house any day of the week. We would go get dinner and they were the mo the best leaders. Absolutely. Now, carrying over to another mindset that your team embodied throughout the NCAA tournament, Jennifer Petrie, your coach, had a why not us mindset. We talked to me how you and that team were able to really embody that, especially as you were continuing to move on and advance in the tournament. Yeah, a lot of people saw us as an underdog. We started our first week in the AVCA poll at 25 and progressively just kept moving up. 
to number two eventually. And, you know, there were a lot of haters, but I think that just like contributed to like the why not us. People didn't, especially when we got that number two seed in the tournament rather than Stanford, that's when we kind of like put everyone's like comments like behind us and we're like, we know we can do this and no one else believes in us, but like us. So just building off of that, why not us going to the final four was that was like, we can do this. We're here. We're meant to be here. And we believed in ourselves, which is like the biggest thing. That was the most powerful mantra I think I've ever had on a volleyball team. And it took us really far. Mm-hmm. We would journal about it a lot. We have our journals. They give us journals. And like we'd com- we'd just make little comments just regarding it. Would you say once you got uh, marked at the preseason poll at 25th, that was when you guys started to realize, okay, we're better than that? Or like what at what point in the season did you realize, you know, we're good enough to play in the national semis? I think it started in the spring when Gabby Blossom came here. We really just saw like a whole change in our program. She is an instrumental leader. She she knows what to say at the right times. And during that spring, like the tournaments that we would play, I just remember my dad came up to me and he was like, oh my gosh, like she is incredible. And I was like, yes, she is very good. But I think after that 25 poll came out, I think we had a meeting just like in a circle before practice. We went around talking about like why we think people think that we're ranked there or like people think we're underdogs. And our thing was like, not to like prove them wrong or like go off of that. We just wanted to like keep it going. We knew we were good and we knew if we played our game and didn't beat ourselves that we we could do it. Mm-hmm. So give me a little bit of a insight of, you know, playing for San Diego, you know, there's, you know, obviously Texas was a program that you ran into in the NCAA tournament and others. Would you say the West Coast for college has the best volleyball or other parts of the country? Like, what what's your opinion on that? I think California is one of the top volleyball states in the country. I think it's really hard to pick a singular stake. There are a lot. I mean, if you're looking at like club volleyball, there's a lot of really good club volleyball teams in Southern California. There's a lot of really good ones in Texas. There's a lot of really good ones in Illinois, just scattered around. But I mean, for college, there are so many good teams out here on the West Coast. You have like UCLA, USC, Stanford, us. There's just a number of other teams. And, you know, we're fortunate to get to play them because then we get to play at a super high level. And I think that California is one of the best states for volleyball right now we'll get a little bit more into the the uh, you know down the line the, the college recruitment and 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 going from chicago to there but i will ask you since we're on that topic do you think that playing in california and like you mentioned playing the uclas the uscs the stanfords you know, has elevated san diego's program and has also elevated your play definitely they're super close, so it's not a hard travel trip. And they have really good players. Our so our old associate head coach just went to UCLA, and I'm excited to see what he does with that program. But, I mean, it was always a dream to get to play schools like that and getting to watch those players. And now I get to play them. 
it's crazy. And I've learned a lot. I have learned so much in my past two or one and a half years here. It's unbelievable. So in 2022, you really were able to to develop a role as a defensive specialist. Tell me about the role that you had this past season and the impact that you've made so far and would like to continue in the future. Yeah, um, I was definitely the bench leader. One thing about me is I decided early on in the season when I realized that I might not get that much playing time was I'm going to be the best teammate, the best emotional leader, and just take on that role. I always make sure I stand at the front of the bench because I, even though if like the people on the court are in their zone, um, I know that if I scream loud enough, they might be able to hear me. And, you know, getting my teammates engaged with the game has just kind of like helped me stay engaged too. Cause I mean, some people, when they get put on the bench, maybe like pouty or just not in a good mood, but, you know, I try to embrace that role and just be like the best teammate I can. And then when I do get into games, I make the most of it. We played LMU at LMU and it was a five setter and I got thrown in, in the third set, end of the third set. And, you know, I went in and just did my job. I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't, I knew that I didn't have to go out there and be the best player on the court. I just had to go out there and do my job. So knowing my role was very important. And I had meetings with especially, specifically Jimmy, Jimmy Lundgren. He's one of our assistant coaches and he is one of the best people I've ever met and a great mentor who really helped me through like finding my role. Do you think that is a, an obstacle or a challenge that some younger volleyball players will have a problem, will have trouble with? Like maybe they came from this high pedigree of playing in high school and they had all these high expectations to start day one, but once they get thrown into college, they're they're similar in a similar situation like you, where they're not starting. They're really trying to be more of a team player to kind of fit a certain role. Like early, do you think that's a, that's tough for for vo- young volleyball players to establish? A, a million percent. It was hard for me to establish as like a sophomore. But when I was younger, I mean, everyone has this dream. I'm going to go play at a huge program. I'm going to be the starting whatever position you are. And in reality, there are six people on the court and you got to beat someone out for that position. But having those conversations with your coaches is extremely important. And that's what I would say to younger girls. I mean, even before you commit, asking them, what do you see my role as? Where, Where do you see me as a player? Do you think you can develop me? just questions like that to really find out where you stand before you even commit. But I have had nothing but good experiences with my coaches during those talks and they're super supportive. And that's another thing, finding a supportive coaching staff that understands. So I think it's always going to be a challenge. You just got to figure out how to mentally, mentally get through that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now in, in the high school, you, you grew up in Chicago, Illinois. You played high school volleyball at, I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Mother Macaulay High School. You know, how was that experience playing in Chicago and the time at Mother Macaulay? Mother Macaulay is a very decorated volleyball program uh, in Illinois. I think they have the most state championships out of any high school in Illinois. And that was my main reason of going there. 
Um, I live 30 minutes away from the school. So I, my, my mom started working from home so I could go there so she could drive me to school every morning, which my parents have made so many sacrifices for me. And that was one of them. But um, yeah, Macaulay, it's an all girls school, very decorated Bible program still. But my freshman year, I definitely was one of those people who came in and had these huge expectations. But I made freshman A my freshman year. And I remember crying because I wanted to make JV. And it was really hard for me not being on a better team than what I had maybe thought I was. But it was a really good learning opportunity. And then my sophomore year, I made varsity. I didn't play that much. I didn't even dress for like state championships and all of that. And then my junior year, I also didn't play a lot, which is crazy how I ended up at San Diego, who's so decorated. I'm completely blessed. But I honestly didn't have the greatest like high school career, which is like probably crazy to people how I ended up at a top 25 or let alone made it to the final four this year program. My senior year, I definitely played more, but I will, there's, there's, Mother Macaulay has this libero named Gigi Navarrete. She is going to be amazing in college. She's committed to Northwestern. And that was the other DS on my team. And she's she's the real deal. So, I mean, just embracing that role again, which I think having that experience in high school, not being the star player with all the articles and all the accolades really helped me transition into my role here. Yo, there are many events coming up in the world of sports. It'd be great to be in attendance for such. Where can we get tickets? SeatGeek. You see, SeatGeek is an app that can help you find the best seats with the best deals. SeatGeek shows you different tickets available with green being the best deals and red not being the hot deals. The best part is it shows you where you'll be sitting at the event. If you use the code SPORTSMECCA, you could get $20 off your first purchase. Get your seat at SeatGeek today before you had gotten to the high school how many players you know had committed previously to division one colleges and had just a long lineage of, of playing at premier schools for mother macaulay yeah um so there was kayla caffey who played at mizzou first transferred to nebraska and then transferred to Texas, and I just played her in the Final Four, and I talked to her in the lobby afterwards. She's very sweet. And then there's Charlie Nego, who played at Notre Dame and then played at North Carolina. She transferred for her fifth year this past year. Um, my coach's daughters, there was Jane and Ryan. One played at Boston College. One played at Notre Dame. There was a girl on the team named Nancy Kane. I think... I think I played with her for a year or two and she was committed to Notre Dame. She played there all four years. Um, and then in my class, my setter, Molly McDermott, was going to Southern Utah. Connie LaBelle was going to Ferris State. Molly Boyd was going to Flagler. There were just a lot of people committed, which was, I mean, the reason I chose the program. I wanted to, I wanted to be one of those girls. Right. In addition to San Diego, what were the other schools that recruited you or that you were looking at? You know, I know that you were, you know, you're from Chicago. Was, did it ever cross your mind that you uh, wanted to stay in the Midwest area? 
it was very much a thought. Um, I went on a few different visits like nearby. There were some schools that I really liked. My sophomore year, I think, I really wanted to go to Michigan State. By my senior year, I had offers from Bradley in Peoria, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Hofstra, University of Indianapolis, and then here. So for me, it was a very easy choice because I came here. People always say, like, when you know, you know, you step on campus and you're like, wow, I want to go here. And I didn't believe in that because I had gone to other campuses and I was like, like, I like it, but it's not for me. And then I came here and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I need to come here. Was it the beaches? That might have played a part in it. That might have played a part in it. But I mean, the campus is absolutely gorgeous. It was ranked number one, I think, by the Princeton Review for most beautiful college campus in America it was just very very pretty and I couldn't I couldn't not figure out how to come here did you experience a a shock or you know a new level of either excitement or maybe anxiety you know when you first arrived on campus or at least when you first started to to compete and practice in San Diego the first like summer here just felt like I was trying to go through the motions. I had really no clue what was going on. I They'd tell me to go to weights and I'd be like, I'm okay. I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and the upperclassmen are the ones that really help you through it. I mean, you're lost, completely lost. I felt completely lost. I knew no one out here. I literally just committed here and came out here knowing nobody. I had met one of my teammates prior at a club tournament, but other than that, and I'm very far from home, which was also very hard. I'm fresh out of high school. I had just graduated. And now I'm in California while all my friends are at home having fun. And I'm I'm lost pretty much. But getting in the gym was scary. And then as soon as I like built relationships with the girls, it became a lot less scary. You qualified for the USA Volleyball uh, girls Junior National Championship back in high school with Michio Chicago. Talk a little bit about that experience, but also was that the the moment, you know, that gave you that confidence and experience to to play collegially or kind of push that, you know, inspiration to, to play at the next level? Um, I think I chose to play, like I decided I really wanted to play in college when I was 13, which is very young. Some girls may not know by then but I was infatuated with Penn State Volleyball, where I was like, I want to be one of them. And starting in the club world, all going to those big tournaments and the national championships was like, I'd see college coaches walking around and be like, why aren't they at my court? Like, I want them to watch me. Like, I want to play in college. But those are just great exposure, um, especially like your 16s and 17s year. I think the NCAA changed the rules so you can't talk to student-athletes until – June 15th going into your junior year which wasn't a rule when I was in high school so thank god because I was talking to schools when I was a freshman <laughs> but um yeah those tournaments are super fun and my 18s year we won so that was what really gave me a confidence boost before coming out here because I felt like I had an accolade and you know I was all tournament teams so I was like okay I'm not coming in here 
like empty-handed because I mean my class was very decorated my roommate Annika is a first team all-american out of high school Haley played for a top club out of San Diego so it was a big confidence boost just to like have that under my belt and have a national championship before coming into such a high level program so you talked about the experience of you wanted to have all these college coaches watch you play, watch you compete. When that actually happened and you finally saw college coaches like watch you, like how was that? It's nerve wracking, very nerve wracking, more than I thought it would be because it's like they're here to watch you and you have to perform which is very not true from what I've like heard from other people. Um, some coaches that I talked to would be like, we want to see you play bad. Like we want to see how you react when you're not playing good. Like we don't want to see you passing dimes every time. We want to see how you react after you shank a ball. So I, I think that was very hard for me to learn because I was like, you need to be perfect. This, this school's here to watch you. This school's here to watch you. If you don't perform, you're not getting an offer. And I would put a lot of pressure on myself, which you shouldn't do you should just play for fun and play because you love it but it was very hard for me to put that aside I remember there was this one game I was 16 and this one school was coming to watch me and I got benched and I go up to my coach and I was like hey like they're at my court like why am I not on the court and he was like you're not going in because you're gonna act crazy on the court we can't have that like just because the school is here to watch you doesn't mean you're gonna play Wow. Do you think that was a humbling moment for you? Definitely. And I still do private lessons with that coach and I bring it up all the time. And he's like, well, look where you ended up. So he's like, maybe be grateful for me. I was like, yeah, but um, definitely. I always put a lot of pressure on myself, but I've, I've toned it down. You think that is such a big you know, a big issue that a lot of these volleyball players or any college athlete experiences is just that internal pressure of being the best and not wanting to make mistakes. Yeah, I think everyone is going to like go through that. And I mean, I still get very frustrated with myself. If I miss a single pass, I'm like, oh, like I could have done this different. I could have done this different. But I think I need to keep working on having this short term memory. Um, because that last play is over. I can't change it. I can't go back in time. There's no time travel yet. So just like moving on from the point and trying not to focus on that. And just overall, the biggest thing for me is just being a good teammate because that's the one thing you can control. Big thing that I think about is controllables. What can I control? What can't I control? I can't control the past. I can just control what I'm going to do in the future. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned very early in the podcast that you're more than a college athlete. You, you you are you are a volleyball player, but you have a lot more options and just so many parts about you that you bring to the table. So aside from being a San Diego volleyball player, you know, what is something else that you know the listeners should know about you? I think the listeners should know that I really like to travel. And I think being in the West Coast Conference, not to get back into the volleyball, but I've gotten some good free travel out of it. There's been a lot of states that I'd never been to before. I got to go to Texas. I got to go to Oregon. I got to go to Washington. I live in California now, which is crazy. I think those are like things that I could take for granted 
but a lot of people will never get those experiences. And now I get to live in California. I've been to like the sand dunes, which are two hours away. They're very pretty. It's just dunes for miles. Uh, the beach. I love the beach, especially when it gets warmer out. I will be going there after class. I go by myself. I'll go with friends, but I think I, I think I might go up to Catalina Island in the next few weeks, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, we are in the midst of spring, but we do have weekends off. So using those weekends to just get out and see what I see what I can do in California, because it is such a pretty state. And I don't want to take any of it for granted if I go home after college. So when you went to places like Texas and places like Oregon, what were things that surprised you about those states, things that you enjoyed um, when you weren't on the on the court? We go shopping a lot. So I get to see a lot of like the different like malls and stuff. And when we went, when we go to like Portland or Spokane, we usually go in like October. So it's kind of colder, which I really like because like I do get homesick sometimes. It's not very often, but during fall, I'm like, I could really use some leaves changing colors right now. And then suddenly we're on a flight to Portland or Spokane and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. Another thing I didn't know, Dutch Bros, Dutch Bros is a, the greatest coffee place ever. And it's, there's like one an hour away from here, but I'm not driving there for that. But that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. There's also one in Provo, Utah or BYU, which is really, oh, I'd also never been to Utah. Utah's really pretty. And that's probably like one of my, like one of the prettiest campuses. Sounds like to me, you know, obviously this, volleyball has, has taught you so much about competing and building relationships and and really improving maybe your mental mindset but it has also opened that door for you to to travel to different places experience different uh cities and i think you know i get all different college athletes on the podcast they come from different parts of the country you know different sports and i feel like that's that's a really good perspective of what you told me like I mean, it is important, you know, it is a business trip. You got to come to perform and compete at your school, but use that experience of being a college athlete to also your advantage, because you're only going to be a college athlete for four or five years, you know, use the most of it and really, you know, cherish those opportunities. A million percent, which is something I am going to be even better at next year, trying to trying to really take it all in now that I'm somehow halfway done already. Has that hit you that you are halfway done? After like the season ended, it took me a while to process that we had even like lost and like our season was over. So having that hit me that I'm halfway done. And after this spring, I'll have one more spring left. I it's it's flying by, which I didn't expect. I thought this was going to be like the longest time of my life. But it's really flying by. And like, I talked to my mom about it a lot. And I'm like, wow, I am halfway done with college. What am I? Like, like, I mean, then the, then the intrusive thoughts come and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out my life. But I try and keep it all com compartmentalized. <laughs> right. Now, you have those ambitions of like, what you want to do continuing, like at the end of your San Diego career. And then afterwards, like after your college pursuing volleyball professionally or maybe taking that next step with the degree that you were to receive like have you thought of that 
Um, it's definitely always in my mind at night when I'm thinking like, what am I going to do? I'm majoring in business and I am assuming my parents are going to want me to get a master's. So we'll see about that. I'll probably get a master's after college and start the workforce. I'm not sure what I want to do something with marketing, maybe marketing brands. I think that that's really interesting. And, you know, I have a TikTok that's that does pretty well. So maybe figuring out how to use that those marketing skills like for my own good and market myself, especially with the introduction of NIL and trying to figure out different routes for that. Have you reached out to different companies in the San Diego area for you know NIL deals? Not in San Diego. I I've only done a few brand deals. It's nothing huge. Not like not like the huge basketball players are making, which I mean, another thing about women's sports, like there maybe isn't the most funding or the most, I don't even know the word for it, just presence to get those big NIL deals, which hopefully will change in the future. But for right now, I'm just taking taking what's given to me. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who you know, are listening that are the younger volleyball players that are maybe in that same position that you were back in Chicago that are, you know, are playing, really enjoying the game, but they maybe want to pursue it at a, a higher level in college or even girl athletes in particular just want to play in their respective sport. You know, what advice would you, would you give them and, you know, lessons that they could possibly learn? Get as many reps as you can. I was always in the gym. My sister played when I was younger and that's how I picked it up. She would go to these little camps and clinics, but I was still too young to even like sign up for them. So my mom, I'd always make my mom get up with me and like pass with me. She tells me this all the time. She's like crazy how you ended up here from me passing with you, but just getting reps, private lessons, invest in them. Those are the biggest game changers. I did so many private lessons. I would do two to three a week and that's not even including just like club practice. Just really buying into yourself, not worrying about what other people are doing. Obviously, you care about your team and all of that. I mean, I care about my team so much. So being the best player that you can for them and doing the extra stuff outside outside of the gym. We talk about out-teaming, or not out-teaming, but, but we talk about who can do the most. We watch this Tom Brady film and who can outwork each other. Is just big things like that and just outworking everybody in the gym and giving it 110%, which sounds very cliche, but that's how every that's how every one of my teammates got here. We all worked worked our butts off. And and you have too, you know, continuing to pursue that career. And you know, you were a part of that national semifinal team for San Diego. So you really were able to to work with your team and really embrace that togetherness and really continue to find your role whatever happens for san diego you know next year in the future you know you should be hopefully you you should be honored that you were able to be part of that accomplishment but for those who also would like to maybe follow you on social media or reach out to you you do you have any social media accounts that you're willing to promote for for others to to reach out yeah, my Instagram is Anna.Jarowski. I don't even know what my TikTok is. My TikTok is also Anna.Jarowski. But 
but those are my two main forms of social media. Perfect. Really appreciate you coming on this evening. Maybe you can come to Kansas City and come to Kansas at some point in your life. Um, it's not, fortunately, it's not warm right now like it is in California, but if you like 110 degree summers, you can come here. Okay. I, I might have to make my way. But hey, I really appreciate you coming on, talking about your uh, San Diego career, your volleyball career, you know, ever since you started to grow up in Chicago. And it really means a lot that you're able to come on. I am so glad that you were able to have me. It was fun talking. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.